Shake Them Ropes, episode 292, the fun stuff. Uh, do a preview of Evolution. Gonna go over the two NXT shows, the May Young Classic and 205 Live. Chris Novembrino's here. Hey, Chris, is Jimmy Butler worth four first-round picks? Because that's what Houston has put on the table. I am very, very excited about this trade potentially happening because it would be very, very good for all of my fantasy teams because I have Jimmy Butler on none of them. And I think from Houston's standpoint in a real-life perspective, Thank you. Houston <laughs> does need to pick that up. No, my fantasy team is the important part here, and that's what the that's what the people have come to hear. They want to understand nine cat roto intimately. But for those nerds who are into real life basketball, I think Houston does need to make this move. James Harden's already a little dinged up. They need to have extra depth in order to be competitive in a very deep West this year, and they were missing a piece. So. Houston is giving away future flexibility and a lot of future flexibility, but they have a team that really is built to win now. They have Chris Paul right now. James Harden, he's a star, and he'll probably be the star for the next three to four years, but they need to start getting the move on here. They can't keep being second-round failures, and Chris Paul has limited time in a star window left and limited patience for mid-round mediocrity. So I like the trade. Butler needs to get the hell out of Minnesota because what they have done in Minnesota by teasing trading him and then the way Jimmy Butler came back and did that preseason practice where he got the third string of the Minnesota Timberwolves and played against the rest of the starters and then beat all of them and sort of was like, yeah, I'm back. And I think he added a little bit of an expletive flourish at the end of it as well. He needs to go. He said that he's better than Carl Anthony Towns, and that's simply not true. He's 30. He's got a history of injuries. He's in a win-now mode. Carl Anthony Towns needs to be given the keys to the car in Minnesota. So I hope this trade goes down. For Minnesota's sake, I hope they get the trade done. For Houston's sake, I think this is a good trade for them to get done. And it gets them closer to their goal of winning a championship. I think if they acquired Jimmy Butler the way he's been playing this year, they would very likely end up in at least the Western Conference Finals. But I would argue with a pretty decent chance to hang with the Warriors. Chris, that's the wrong answer. Four, no one's worth four first-round draft picks ever. Uh, <laughs> I, four years of your team uh, building, I mean, unless you win the title. And even then, it's like, well, you, you still have to come back. Uh, anywho, we have this Evolution pay-per-view. Uh, first women's pay-per-view, Nassau County, New York. Plenty of tickets available on the secondary market if you want. Uniondale, New York, Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, my fault. Uh, overall, opinions of this show, either on paper or related to the build. I think we've touched a little bit on our opinions on the build to Evolution, and it's been underwhelming. Yeah. Uh, they say that this is a very historical show. However, when you get into the actual matches and the builds for each one of these matches, with maybe the exception of Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler, which is another chapter in a long story that is interesting and has many layers to it now because they've had several notable meetings and this will be yet another one, that has historicity about it. Everything else, eh, not so much. 
I'll go over the card, and I'll give you a few prop bets within. Starting out with the six-person tag, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalya versus the Riot Squad, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, and Ruby Riot. Who takes this one, Chris? I think the Riot Squad ends up taking this one because commentary in recent weeks has really been emphasizing Ruby Riot in particular. I, I think that they are building her up for title competition in the not so distant future. I am gonna go the opposite way because I because Sasha Banks got beat on Monday. Um and also I'm I'm gonna put this out there. This match could be sneaky good if it gets enough time. Cause five of the six participants here are ranging from very good to good. Uh Liv Morgan to me is kind of a X factor, but she's not she's not a Bella. <laughs> um but I, I, I think, you know, given that they're probably going to open the show with this and that Sasha and Bailey are going to be motivated, Natty's going to be motivated. And and for even though this this unit isn't it, it's not fully fleshed out character wise, Ruby Riot has been pretty darn great in ring. Yeah, she has um, been very, very solid. And to your point, I do think that Natty, Bailey, and Sasha will plan out things well to help the Riot Squad yeah. get through this match and have some nice spots in there. Going to the Women's Battle Royal, women, the woman who wins will get a title shot. Not... Uh, not brand specific, not money in the bank specific, but a title shot. First of all, Chris, I'm going to give you the field here. The field of announced participants so far. Tamina, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Ember Moon, Alicia Fox, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Asuka, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Carmella, Lana, Naomi, Tori Wilson, Michelle McCool, Alundra Blaze, Ivory, Kelly Kelly, Maria Kanellis, Molly Holly, and just added today, Zelina Vega or added earlier this week, Zelina Vega. Chris, two prop bets for you. Number one, do we get f- other surprises from NXT, alumni? Any any Anybody you want to say will be in this that was not currently announced? Was Nikki Cross announced? No. I will throw Nikki Cross in the hat. I will agree. I think they're going to bring in a bunch of NXT women to help pad this a little bit more. Um, it's not a Royal Rumble, so you're not going to get the pops. Um, I think it's just going to be, hey, you ladies work hard. We're going to put you on the card. You know, to that point, though, they might not need to do it because it's not a Royal Rumble. You already start with that moment where everybody's in the ring. Well, everybody gets an entrance, so I think. No, no, no. Sometimes when they do these battle royals, they'll play the music and everyone will just, like, walk out. Or Mm -hmm. we'll come back from a video package and they'll already be in the ring. So, that's not a guarantee. Who do you like? Boy, I'm trying to work backwards from which title do I think that this pertains to. Because it's not brand specific. So, that's actually making my head hurt. Um... Boy, who who do you like? I think the strong money's probably on Nia Jax because of okay. the award she's beginning. Sure. But but my out of left field pick here is Carmella wins this as the quote unquote princess of Staten Island, which is close enough 
to get a hometown pop, I think, or they think. Um, because Nia could be built up easier another way. I, I, I could see them putting it on someone who's kind of a bit of a uh, a throwaway challenger. A, a, I, I, just, I just don't know because nobody has really been built up all that well. So, I mean, you have... No, Carmella's not here. a bad call because I have Becky... Her babyface turn just got popular as well. Right, so, and I have uh, Becky to retain here. So that would make some sense to have Carmella win and then she can go up against Becky and she'll be a strong babyface and maybe WWE will have more success trying to make Becky a heel by having her beat up on Carmella. Although... Watch this find a way to backfire if they go that route. Trish Stratus and Lita take on Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. Tentatively, Alexa Bliss is still in this match, suffering from a concussion. So I think the whole reason for the angle with uh, Alicia Fox was the possibility that we may, we may get a substitute. Does that in any way affect who you think may win this? No, I think Trish and Lita are going to win this. They are the historical historicalness, historically most historical women ever on the on the roster. This might be Trish's last match in the company, and they want to make it a W so that she has that big moment at this very historical event. Although, if you're thinking WWE booking, they got the upper hand on the heels. So, the, so they always live to do the 50-50, so you never know. Yeah, they but may... we got Legends rules in effect here, too, so that cancels out the 50-50 rule. Okay. I, look, I agree with you. I just, I just hold out the possibility of a swerve where it's a pass-the-torch moment. No, you're, you're not wrong. You're not, but, like, yeah, especially if they had already started bringing in Alicia Fox there, and that's why she was in the picture, I think... If it was Alicia and Mickey, there's no doubt who's winning that match. So I don't think the Alexa thing changes anything. I think Mickey ends up taking the pin here. May Young Classic Tournament Final Match. Io Shirai versus Tony Storm. Go a little bit into the May Young Classic episode here uh, from yesterday. I loved this episode. If you have not watched any part of the tournament and you don't want to watch all the way through or whatnot, just watch this show. Two matches, both of them really, really good. Um, the stronger of the two, in my opinion, was the Mako Satamura versus Tony Storm match. Mako Satamura should be signed. I've already said that that if it were, if I had my druthers, I would have all the women sign waivers, and I would put Mako Satamura, Io Shirai, and Kyrie Sane and Asuka in charge of the Performance Center and do whatever the hell it is they do in Japan to get these types of women because. She she's not a spring chicken and she has been awesome throughout this tournament. She deserves to be on this show. That's why I think they may sneak her into the battle royal. But man, Mako Satamora was absolutely awesome here, just crushing down Tony Storm and Tony Storm just com- with the comeback. Uh Io Shirai took on Rhea Ripley, who's also not on this card as yet, and probably May not be that she. There was a rumor that she might be originally. Don't want to give any spoilers, but you can probably figure out why. Um, but she's not. But the Io Shirai Rhea Ripley match really helped get Rhea Ripley over as just an absolute killer. Um, I thought she did quite well in this match, and Io Shirai is, of course, possibly the best in the business right now. So I mean, 
I am looking forward to this match. If they give it time, it'll steal the show. I think people are kind of overplaying their hand in terms of, oh man, this is going to really, you know, over, over, you know, overcompensate and over, overwhelm the rest of the card. I think they've planned it out so that it doesn't go that long so that it does. So don't, don't expect, uh, you know, the a 75 minute match or anything. I expect because of last year, um, all involved. I think they put Tony storm over. I think that helps the NXT UK brand in many ways. Um, yeah, that's kind of where my thinking was too, that Tony storm is going to be very important for that NXT UK brand and they can bring Io Shirai into NXT, but I, I think they want to make sure that she's the face of the women's division over there. I think that also if, if Io Shirai loses this match, it also helps a natural feud if they decide to do a Kyrie saying Io Shirai feud because they've been playing up this friendship a lot and, oh, you're going to be following in my footsteps type of thing. And if, if it goes down bad, then maybe Io Shirai just gets sick of it and just, you know, clotheslines Kyrie Sane. And I, I am all in for a Kyrie Sane Io Shirai feud in NXT. Oh, man. G- give me that at a takeover and I will be a happy, happy Jeff. But I think Tony Storm... You know, they, they've done the redemption story all during the tournament for her. She's here to win it. Um, she checks a few boxes that the main roster people like. I'll just leave it like that. Blonde. Uh, <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think Tony Storm wins this one. Uh, NXT Women's Championship match. Kyrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler. Chris, the floor is yours. Kyrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler. Boy, I I have Sane to retain. Do you have okay. I will I will go through it as well. I do think Kyrie Sane retains as well. I think the build of this match has been pretty darn great with almost like big sister versus little sister. I loved almost the I, I said this before. The during the coronation kind of, you know, I'm the little girl who's playing pirate and here comes my big si- my teenage sister who's now into bikers and bad boys coming in and ruining my birthday party aspect of the entire angle. I, I, I love it. Um, I think Shayna Baszler is not long for the NXT roster. Um, and I think, right. I think right. An yeah. Angle that and goes, we've discussed this on previous yeah, episodes I think, too, I think that, an angle, that she's going to get moved on. I think an angle goes down at this show. As a matter of fact, that may change a few things. Um, so I'm going to say Kyrie Sane retains. Last woman standing match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky Lynch, the champion, who has been awesome on Twitter, trolling every other member of the SmackDown roster. If you haven't seen it, go try and find it. I retweeted a few screenshots today. She's just answering everybody doing banal stuff. Was Oh, yeah, I was doing championship stuff today. I was a champion today. Absolutely great stuff. Versus Charlotte Flair. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see how the crowd takes this match because a last man standing match is great for scrappy underdogs. And if this crowd continues to get behind Becky Lynch, it could make her a bigger face than they ever planned on having her be after this match when she overcomes Charlotte Flair and retains this could backfire on them something fierce unless they're just planning on on going with the flow perhaps with Shayna Baszler later. That's kind of my implication that they may do this horsewoman thing uh, after this match. But I do think Becky Lynch retains here. Um, 
I'm hoping for for a great performance out of the two of them. I'd really like to see them. I, I think it's Becky's time to have one of those matches that gets put in the echelon with Sasha Banks and, and Bailey at, in Brooklyn. I think it's Becky's time. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that in particular the 10 counts are going to be a real disaster if this is not going to be a double turn. I, I just anticipate every time she's down, the crowd is going to be roaring for her. They're going to want her to get up. And every time Charlotte goes down, they're going to be cheering louder and louder for her to stay down. The Ty this, Dill- or They may be doing the Ty Dillinger to her. Where they just, just keep saying 10, 10 over 10 and over and over again. Yeah, to try and throw her off. That could... Yeah, this could be problematic in many ways with this with with uh, with the audience, but it's more of a main roster audience more than a hardcore NXT audience. So, but that main roster audience is the same main roster audience that's been not enjoying this ankle. I'll keep it clean for Grandma. <laughs> this is one of the best interplays of the week. Uh, main event: Ronda Rousey, the champ, versus Nikki Bella. Singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Nick or Brie Bella will be at Nikki Bella's side. I assume there will be a spot where both of them get their arms broken. Oh, okay, so let me throw this out there at you, Hawkins. A friend of mine who I think is being crazy seems to think that Nikki Bella is going to beat Ronda Rousey here. What is the likelihood of that? What say you to that, Hawkins? Um, just. <laughs> there's nothing beyond zero, but if I could have negative. Wow. You, you're just going to laugh at my friend like that. Yes. That, that, yes, oh, that that's cruel. It's horrible. There's, I can't believe, yeah, I can't believe you would do that to my friend like that. that they are not putting the time unless <laughs> I'm no, now I've, now I've changed my mind because something just popped in the back of my head. No, this is backfiring on me. Chance. I'm trying to oh, a 5% chance. Okay. Keep it low. Cause I'm 5% trying to percent chance him. that they decide to reward Nikki Bella with all her historical historicalness that she really doesn't deserve with a main roster title run at the at the women's pay-per-view and then they change it into an and then it turns into an angle of some sort where where Ronda loses it she gets her MMA friends together and just starts running roughshod over the division i could see that happen i i could i'm not kidding here but Overall, since they've been presenting her as a babyface all this time? Yeah, I don't think they fully bought in on Nikki Bella. I think Nikki Bella is just no. here to promote the television she's show. She's, yeah. she's the perfect transition from what the women's division used to be to what a lot of people want it to be, a more athletic-based style. I think, you know, I, I, I think Ronda Rousey should do this quickly, too. I think having a back-and-forth where she has to sell is going to turn this audience off. Yeah, we discussed this. The, the only danger in this match, this match will be better the shorter it is because the danger is that this match goes long. Nikki Bella has not been wrestling regularly for a while now, and Ronda Rousey hasn't had enough, I'd argue, in-ring seasoning to do a like 15, 20-minute match with Nikki Bella where she has to kind of do most of the work for the two of them. All right, enough of this main roster jibber-jabber. Let's get to the fun stuff from Wednesday night. 205 Live. Chris, I've never been happier at a WWE program in a long, long time. 
All the small then, stuff mattered, Jeff. All those little interplays about who's going to be number one contender. Chris, that don't steal the- my thunder. Don't steal my thunder. Don't steal. Well, you complain I am- that I never talk before we do the pre-show stuff, and, and then when we get on the air and I try to talk, then you just step on me and say, don't steal your thunder. So, no, no, have it for, have it for Hawkins. No, it's fine. It's fine. Then you complain I'm not fired up enough. Then I get fired up, and you're like, ooh, it's too fired up. Can't handle it. So, Chris, you know. It's, 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 Chris, it's like when a parent sees his child Take a crap for the Nothing first time. Nothing I ever and, do is good enough for you, Dad. And, and wait, and what Chris, just happened? I don't know, but Chris, even though you you congratulate the child for doing what he's supposed to do, the number one contender, the way they set that up, is the most logical thing they have done on WWE television in a long, long time, and they oh. got it right. The small pieces mattered. Yes, I enjoyed it. That that was good. It was coherent. It's all I ask for. I'm not looking for, like, the perfect wrestling show. I'm looking for a coherent narrative through line. It doesn't need to be Shakespeare. I want to take out that writer, whoever did this, for a steak dinner and just and just gush on them for a while because... We had a five-way last week that was very, very good that Tony Nese won. This week, we had a number one contenders match that was a la- false count anywhere match that blew the roof off this dump between Mustafa Ali and Hideo Itami. Oh, that I finish was so good. That 450 loved- through the table, it looked so good. And the I always respected you. Oh, it was great. And I loved... Tony Nice and Buddy Murphy backstage doing their little joint promo, and you can just see the rift, like the bubbling between yes. them. Yes. Yes. The best part of that was the little look that Buddy Murphy gave the Dashabot three thousand uh, after after the after the promo was done. Like, oh, he he really thinks this, huh? And just kind of walked away. You're absolutely correct on that. Loved that. Loved the. Uh, Attempted at a concerto with the stairs by a Tommy in this match. I yep. loved. Uh, God, I mean, and the way that set up the next spot where Mustafa Ali bounced off of the now like forty-five degree angled stairs to hit the tornado DDT. That entire sequence was very pretty. Yeah, no, everything about this is pretty. It, it frightened me a bit about a Tommy because of his his injury. <laughs> that 450 had to hurt like a. Sh- I gotta keep it clean for grandma again. Keep it clean for grandma, but yeah, mm. no, that had to hurt. And I know last week I kind of said, you know, Pete Dunn's the best big match or best week to week guy when they put him on that he does something great. If if Mustafa Ali didn't have some throwaway matches here this year, I, I, people should be clamoring for him to be on the main roster. I mean, this this kid is he, he's. He's charismatic. His matches bring out his charisma. I don't want that, though, because I I like this backstage universe so much. It's simple. It's clean. It's easy. Things make sense as a through line. Mercifully, Drake Maverick has not been tainted by the Authors of Pain thing whatsoever on 205 Live. It's like a second NXT island. I like it so much. I, I do. I was uh, speaking of Drake. I was scared to death of that announcement 
Because it was almost like, you know, we've had this one year, and the whole point was to get this roster Oh, I know. Over. I was so worried he was going to resign so that he could focus on being the leader of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wow. I was going to go even a step further. I was afraid they were canceling the show. Oh, we're God. Fold, we're going to fold this into NXT or something like that because it sounded like a post-mortem. It was like the, the, the 100 episodes, it's a great way to go out. You know, and then and then he was talking the past tense for a bit, and that's what threw me off. I was like, well, and, and then he goes, and we'll just continue to do this in the future. I'm like, wow, you just set me up for heartbreak and just kind of went, hep, hep, moving on. Still well, with Vic you, Joseph's lead in on the show was really funny, too, where he's like, well, it's NXT 100, or, well, it's 205 Live 100, and then we just kind of moved right on by it. Just a quick observation of, this is an important 100th milestone show. All right, let's begin. I came very close to going, which episode number was your favorite, Chris? (laughs) Uh, I liked 13. I thought that was the best. (laughs) (laughs) Who could forget those Enzo episodes? Oh, my goodness. Um... As for the rest of the show, I you know the the Kendrick promo was pretty good. I am just look. I I I I make fun of it because I can. But Jeff Hawkins superfan Mike Kanellis. Uh, I don't dislike Mike Kanellis. Don't get me wrong. I just he does. There's no characterization there for me to get behind. I find him very bland in terms of. No, I I know exactly what you're getting at. He's not interesting in the ring, and him and Maria are doing absolutely nothing personality-wise. They've literally done nothing with Maria other than bring her out. Yes, she she comes out, and she is there to look good. That is her only character trait. She is Mike's very, very good-looking spouse. Yeah, and it's weird because I... I don't know if there's residual heat from the Bella thing. There might be, but if there is, the audience is not being trained to recognize that. You know what I mean? It's not like they are hitting that note. Yeah. Do you remember how much of a character she was when she was up there before? And, and you know, the ditzy thing wasn't great, but I mean, she at least was solid in any vignette you'd put her in. They've literally done nothing for characterization for her other than the first promo when they came out when they were going to give him the uh, the whipped gimmick. Right. And, right. And it and, and just has nothing. Literally nothing. And you're just like, is she just there to be in boots and booty shorts? And Right. The whole point of these husband and wife acts to me is that it's the dynamic in interplay between the two of them that establishes the actual grander meta character. That, like, Mike on his own, especially with the work rate that we associate with 205 Live diplomatically, I don't necessarily know that he would be able to make it all the way to the top of the card in 205 Live with the work that he's been turning in in this company. But you bring in Maria, and ideally they have some sort of combined character that is interesting. And she just... They're doing nothing, man. They don't need to be here. He's an entrance. You know, they gave him the win. Is he, but... is he an entrance? Like, he's not even an entrance. Like, the music's grating, and the music is sort of an anachronism now because that was more part of the whipped gimmick. 
Yeah. The I, whole I, well, no, the whole thing is like this is the greatest, greatest, greatest love, and like the context <laughs> is supposed to be that this marriage is not actually a fun marriage, and you wouldn't want to be a part of it. But they've moved away from that as a framework now because these two have no personality whatsoever. They're just a couple that are jerks. That said, it's adorable that they put him kissing the baby on their jackets. I think that that's that's a cool little thing i you know but overall i'd like to see a little bit more you think it's adorable though that's not heelish then is it i know i know it's not it's it's the sad part <laughs> chris we gotta get into this nxc uk show it's week two and I'm it, it is lost. week two you're right it's Ooh. week wow that was good go go through your grievances i think that that zach gibson promo is a microcosm of the problem. So he comes out and he is getting fantastic heat from this crowd. This crowd is crapping all over this dude. It's awesome. And we get to this point where he's like, turn my mic up louder. The sound guy made a mistake. Production should have made an audible there and actually turned the mic up louder. And he should have just started pushing into this crowd harder. Because what happened after that is the crowd started to go flat. And then this promo wore on and wore on and meandered and meandered and by the end of it i wasn't sure if he was trying to fight pete dunn or gnome dar or who he was cutting a promo on and i just wanted it to be over and not because i hate zach gibson but because i was having a hard time following it it was a little bit like a lunatic rambling i like zach gibson i really do not like johnny saint on this i i know i've now watched through the tournament and things like that he's the wrong guy for this job um, you can't put Nigel out there as, as a, as a GM, maybe you shouldn't have a GM on, on a show. I understand how important he is. Oh, they if need you, a GM if, on this show. If they're going to have no backstage universe though. Yeah, no, that's that. That's the other true part. If, if you're listening in the UK and you think our criticisms are off, please message me. No, I want to learn. Yeah, hit me up too. I, yes, please, by all means. If if I could, I'm certainly not an expert on British wrestling by any stretch. I'm just because giving one the, reporter's I opinion. I know it's for you guys, but I'm wondering if you came in thinking the same thing I did, where it's like they've not introduced any of these people other than giving their backstory when we see them for the very, very first time. Are you lost or or are you just like, well, I know them from my indies and from the promotions out here, so I don't really care. It's kind of good to see them on TV. I want to know all of this because that's what appeared. I mean, I got a bunch of people. I got a little bit of a story with the exception of, of this Eddie Dennis promo and there's yes. a lot to like about this build. I like this Eddie Dennis promo was very good. He's the most interesting character yes. on this show by leaps and bounds. I, because I think there's a lot of compelling. reality to it. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of reality to it. I like the story of I had to take a straight job to survive while they were all out chasing their dreams. I like that. And that story can twist heel and it can twist babyface, and I like how they twisted it heel. How he's jealous of all of these younger guys' success. I liked it to a point. I, I liked it up until the point where he kind of 
Vince McMahon chewed scenery about how much it ate him, about how much he hated it, you know, that kind of thing, as opposed to really kind of building up to that moment. It's almost like he turned on it on a dime and it was unearned in terms of that, but I love everything about the pictures. Yeah. And the backstory. It's almost a lot like what they did with uh, The Mighty on NXT and a little bit with, uh, um, uh, I always forget his name for some reason, I shouldn't know, Roddy, uh, Roderick Strong on NXT, you know. You you fold in the real story with the character story, and it makes a deeper character. I, I really love the idea and a lot of the execution about this. I, yeah, I, I, I like the success as failure theme. Most of us would look at becoming the principal of a school, especially a prestigious private school as he was framing it, as a success but he interpreted it as a failure, and, and, like, it's just a very human theme. Oh, yeah, it's very real to me, because I got a bunch of people out here who, oh, I came out here to work in the movies, I came out to do this, and, you know, a lot of them have really great, straight jobs, and they go, and myself included in some ways, and, and they go, yeah, but that's not what I came out here to do, that's not my dream. I've had to settle. Oh, it's such a human story. You're, you, you nailed it with with that description. I, I I love this. I hope they continue it for a few more weeks rather than pay it off immediately. Um, that at least gives me some hope that there will be a coherent backstage universe at some point. But, you know, the first week I was kind of in favor of, yeah, let these guys go into the ring and grab the talking stick and connect with this audience and let this nuclear audience kind of carry these people along. And they certainly can to a point, but you can't send them out there with no mission. Yeah, and and there there was a lot of that. It's interesting that they're going to be folding in some talent that may have uh, worn out its welcome in the States. Gnome Dar is going to be part of this universe. I I think Dakota Kai is a welcome addition to the UK women's scene. I, I, you know, her, her match was okay, but NXT in the U S ruined her character in many ways. I mean, they made her afraid, made her kind of a geek. I I, I see someone there going, well, we already got two Australians on the main roster. Let's send the rest of them to the UK (laughs) division. Cause they've also sent Rhea Ripley over here. Um, and there's still the log jam, on the main roster because it is respectively the Ronda and Charlotte shows yeah. right now. So yeah, but I, th- I think it was a good reintroduction of Dakota Kai. I think it gave her a bit of an edge to her character again, which was nice. Yes. Um, I don't like the NXT UK style of introduction matches because I think that they're having slightly too competitive matches. Yeah, it's too 50-50. I, yes. I want to squash. I want to squash. Tell me who this character is. Show me her finishing move. Tell me why I should be interested in her. You can do that in in a two-minute squash or three-minute squash. That's all I want. And then have her cut a promo. Why I'm here. Here's why I'm here. I'm here to win the title. I'm here. I don't want to hear be the best or entertain anymore. I want to hear. I'm here to make money. I'm here to get power. I'm here to have sex. I don't don't care. There, there, There are plenty of character motivations 
I'm not saying you need to tell women they want to have sex, guys. No, they but the idea that they want to be famous, that they want yes. to be adored by I'm, fans. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking the, it was such a gimmick, a, a staple in the 80s of 80s characters coming out. Rick the Model Motel, dude. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, that's what he was throwing down at everyone. I'm better looking and I'm here to be basically adored. Can I say that I find my wild boar Mike Hitchman interesting? Yes, me too. I wanted him to win. <laughs> oh, can I also say I don't like Ligero. Like that gimmick, I was like, is is he a bull? I I couldn't decide if he's a bull or if he's supposed to be Jushin Thunder Liger. He, he's a British luchador, which is you know. So you have the mask, but uh, right, you know the mask. Oh, you mean he's from he's from. He's British. I, I couldn't tell by the yes. flag being on everything. <laughs> but 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 Hitchman to me could be one of those guys where in an eighties territory he'd be the tough brawling bruiser. Dude, he's so compelling. Those contacts are great and he really does yeah. sort of the wild boar thing could be really cheesy and the oh, way he God, does it, it it's this not. Is, it's no. actually done well. But this is the gimmick where they could go, you know what? If we just WWE eyes this a bit, we could have another bushwhacker on our hands or something like that. Yeah, or just been is. telling him to eat more. We, we this bull needs to be. This wild boar needs to be fat. You need to eat. Yeah, but I mean, he has that. I mean, describing him about the bar fight and everything. It was yeah. Like, oh man, this guy could have been Luke Miller, or Butch was it Butch Miller and Luke. Uh, I can't remember his last. But you know the bushwhackers. Yeah, sure. Uh, the sheep herders, as I knew them when they were badasses doing, like, blood and guts magic. And I'm like, dude, if I could get blood and I could get this wild boar character into, like, a grueling street fight type thing, I'm all over that. Um, rest of the matches were okay. I mean, even the Tyler Bate-Wolfgang match was merely, to me, okay. I think Tyler Bate has been one of the more... I think they really missed the boat on him. And they've kind of reduced him to being part of Mustache Mountain. And relying on Trump's yes, the tag set, team. The tag team is dragging him down. Uh, it's no knock on Trent, but yeah. I think Tyler Bate could have been a good standalone product, and in a different universe, so to speak, uh, in WWE universe and also reality, Tyler Bate would have been presented in such a way that he could have credibly become the NXT champion and we could have established him with that NXT audience very strongly. Yeah, and you can still you can still get that back, I think. I mean, you know, you put him in one or two matches with Dunn and they're going to tear the house down. He's like, what, 20? He's still really yeah, he's, young. He's still very, very young. It's just they, they need to... It, the mat stuff is there. The ring stuff is there. Now you got to work on him being compelling. And he's compelling in progress. He's compelling in other places I've seen him. Um, he done in, in Seven, as British strong style as heels, are a thing to behold. I mean, they're, they're absolutely fantastic in that role. Now you got to figure out what to do with them as babyfaces when they're naturally liked. The NXT stateside universe loved them. Figure out how to, I mean, it, it should be easy to me. That's the thing that's frustrating. It should be easy to get people that are naturally liked over as stars. But this this stupid company can't ever seem to do a straight-ahead white meat baby face without 
screwing them up somehow, and it drives me nuts. Yeah, I, I, it it's strange. I mean, the other thing is they also this company makes decisions about what's going to work before it gets out in front of the curtain. And then when it's in front of the curtain and it's not working the way they thought it would, they go, well, they're just, the audience just doesn't get it. Yeah. That said, if, if there's an, I mean, if there's an NXT UK takeover and this crowd keeps going on that natural trajectory, that's going to be one of the hottest crowds. Oh, it's going to be white hot ever. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. I mean, oh, I could have told you that tournament. I yeah, mean, Jeff, I, I, just, I used to watch TNA back in 2013 and 2014, and whenever they'd go and do tapings over in the UK, yeah. this is for that era of TNA. Those shows were still white hot. They were getting EC3 and stuff, and if they thought it was Hollywood. They were so into it. They made EC3 feel like a star. Oh yeah, and and uh, and and having watched you know the the, the tournaments there this year, they're rabid. But you can't – I'm just wondering if TV tapings are going to dampen the enthusiasm a bit. It depends. You just have to schedule them the right way. You know, again, going back to that TNA example, when they did the TV tapings there, they I think they did like six to eight weeks of episodes. And the crowds, they didn't die out or kind of peter out or anything. I, I, I think you know th- there's a way of doing it where you don't have that problem. But if you do it wrong, I, of course you can run into fatigue. Chris, we now know that Kathy Kelly – had Johnny Gargano beat up Alistair Black. No, okay, Johnny Gargano revealed, as we always knew he probably would be, as the man who attacked Alistair Black outside. This is the more narratively coherent approach to this angle, but the less narratively satisfying. I was really getting into the Cassius Ono thing, and... I kind of realized when we were coming into this episode tonight that like it wasn't going to be that, especially with the Cassius Ono already out there doing his thing. Um, it will be fine. I, I just think it would have been more interesting to have Cassius Ono against Aleister Black once we found out that Black's first major match in NXT was Cassius Ono. Yeah, and I, I think they need to speed up the redemption story of Johnny Gargano. I think I think this has to be a one and done. This angle isn't really working with Johnny. No. You don't take your hottest babyface, turn him heel, when you have a much hotter heel in Champa. Um, that said, I liked all the William Regal things uh, on this NXT show. As I tweeted earlier today, he's like the headmaster of a school or the principal of a school for very gifted and talented kids who all think they're going to run the world and think they're better than the principal. Because you have Bianca Belair whining about being undefeated. And he's like, yes, yes, fine. I'll get you another match. And then he walks on to someone else who's complaining and someone else who's complaining. And this guy got in a fight. And now I'm going to go announce this. But he just, he has the proper thing of dignified, but also just, I've been doing this for 30 years and I have 10 more years to get to my pension. And I just don't know if I'm going to make it with the self-entitled Managing a workplace with Lars Sullivan, Bianca Belair, and Velveteen Dream would be all you could handle. Can I say that the visual of Lars Sullivan and Velveteen Dream where he was choking him, I thought was absolutely spectacular. Oh, that's great. That's great. Just the way he sold it there. Um, On the flip side. They're great foils for one another. Yes. The character interaction, I couldn't, I'm probably in the minority on this. 
I hated the character interaction between the Undisputed Era and EC3. Because you have the Undisputed Era out there cutting this serious fight pro wrestling promo. And then EC3 comes out and does this sports entertainee playing it up. Oh, I will get my voice and here we and then I will I will vanquish you in the it's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Just say you want to kick his ass. That's all you need to do. Oh, it drove me nuts. I, I just. It, it it was it was clunky. The match itself wasn't as bad. wasn't that bad. It's just again, EC three is an anachronism on this work rate roster. He is a main roster from nineteen ninety six style wrestler, and he's a character. He could probably fill part of this void that Roman's leaving. I just don't think he belongs in the NXT universe. Yes, I agree. I actually would like him as a manager. He would, if you replaced Baron Corbin with EC3, that'd be a massive upgrade. Yeah, but he's too jacked to be a, a manager. That's the thing. It is, is you look at him and you go, well, he could probably kick your butt too. That, yeah, that's but that thing. that would actually make it kind of fun because there would always be this tease that you might end up having a match against the boss, and that would also keep EC3 matches kind of at a minimum, and, and he, he could still go out there, and if he's only having the occasional match, he cannot overstay his welcome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, I, I get. No, I agree he can talk, and he's a great character. He really and, is. And, and, and his wrestling isn't, isn't great. It's passable. Right. Just, just have him do the occasional, I'm a, you know, hey, I used to be a competitor. I still kind of know how to do this type of match, oh, especially as is- a babyface manager i like give him like a fake a fake career ending injury you know what i mean like say like he, he i guess essentially give him the daniel bryan treatment say oh my neck blah 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 blah. get sympathy on the guy you can have him and in- be antagonized by the miss or something and for the next year ec3 is building heat and building heat with the miss in ec3 and they don't touch. They don't touch until the next year. That way, that's how I think you get the most out of this guy. That's just my opinion. Um, I cannot take credit for this at all. Well, you should. Go ahead and take credit for it. No, I can't. I can't. Because no, please it, do. I mean, it was already taped. Well, Jeff did no, it. You, you need to hear it first. No, I don't. Uh, the, the, un- the, the post-match beatdown. You remember how we were talking about them as kind of being the horsemen, like the junior horsemen of this thing? Yes. Bobby Fish taking out a dude's knee, grizzled old veteran that he is. Perfect Ole Anderson impression. The no sympathy component of it and the fact that commentary put that over, it really establishes what Bobby Fish's character is through deed, but it's great characterization. This is a guy who has absolutely no empathy. He knows exactly how much what he's doing to the other person hurts, and he likes that fact. And that's actually why he's doing it, because he knows what that pain is like. Good heel work. Yeah, no, I agree. And and the only other thing that happened on there was this Aaliyah Mia Yim match to introduce. Okay, Mia you want to know what's weird about the Mia Yim thing? That video package beforehand is totally a WWE heel style video package of I'm not here to make friends. I'm just here to win. I blah 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 blah. And then she comes out and she totally wrestles as a babyface. Yeah, it's uh um let me let me give you some background on this video. That's the that's the promo video for her 
from the Mae Young Classic for this year. She went into the Mae Young Classic last year, and she was the smiling, happy babyface. And then she's kind of come back this year with the reform gimmick of the Blasian baddie, little street tough type thing when people really want to cheer her, in my opinion. Um, so there's the disconnect there, and that's why she came out and wrestled as a babyface, because she they thought probably that, that she'd get the nice big babyface pop versus the... You know how they, they do their, their main main roster babyfaces in terms of, uh, you know, ruthless aggression and taking advantage of situations and being the lone wolf and you don't need friends, you just need to be tough type thing? I, I think that's a that's what they were trying to do with her and it's kind of a disconnect here. Yeah, I, I could see that. I, I mean, I guess theoretically she could turn heel against Kyrie Sane too. I, you know. I, I don't. I saw Mia Yim as a heel in TNA. I, I don't want that. I, no, I, I, I know. I've works. seen her do that, too. I, I think she works better as a face. But they may try and do the tough thing, and they, you know what? They could always play that off with, with Candice LeRae. That, that'd kind of be an interesting uh, corollary. I, I still think Aaliyah needs to get – I mean, look, Aaliyah's been in this company for three or four years. Send her on an excursion. Let her get trained somewhere else so that you can take advantage of – look, she's still – She's still very talented, in my opinion, or she has potential to be talented. I I just think she's, she's make the case for that. Her. I'm not seeing it. Um, it's mostly based on what I saw in Breaking Ground. Okay. I think I think she has athleticism there. Um, I think she has the cosmetic parts of it to be a star. I just don't think she gets. I don't think she gets pro wrestling. Right, I, yeah, I, 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 I she mean, just, she, yeah, I, I'm with you that you she's saw, very, she's, you know, a very attractive if, woman, but I, I don't think she's a good wrestler. No, if you saw her on, on, on Breaking Ground, she cared about her in-ring, in-ring performance, but she didn't care about it as much as, hey, I got this fancy new entrance. Now, yeah, this is being played up for the TV show, I get that part, but from what I've been told, I mean, she they think she has all the potential in the world, but she just hasn't put together yet. You know, that, that old trope that they talk about. And I'm like, she's not going to get that at the PC. She needs another style to learn to see if she can actually be a professional wrestler. Well, you know, part of that too, is that NXT stopped being a developmental territory and that's actually why they stopped calling it that. But you still, you still have people who are there in this promotion from when it was a developmental brand, and they're not getting developed anymore. And Aaliyah is definitely well, a casualty yeah, of that. Yeah, and, and what's going to happen is she's going to be running these drills for three or four years. She's going to be in her mid to late 20s, and they're going to say, well, we, we don't have any use for you, and you never really developed. So. That's what they said to me. I, wa- I, wanted to, I, wanted, I wanted to end it there, but uh, we didn't get our plugs in. No, 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 we can't, we can't keep ending it there. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. Chris, where else can the people hear you? Yes, I have another show called Don't Worry About the Government. You can find that at don'tworry.tv and on iTunes and Stitcher. And I also have another show called The All in the Family Podcast. We took the week off this week. We'll be back next week. The Sammy Davis Jr. episode is coming up here nice. soon. Yeah, isn't that fun? So check that out. I just realized that most of our audience probably has no idea who Sammy Davis Jr. is. Yeah, but but you do, and that's why I mentioned it. Because I'm old.